You read? Ah. <sighs> what was that about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do we have to? I suppose we have to. Did you finish Psychonauts? No. Well, I guess we have to. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. And today we're going to be discussing not one, not two, but three movies. And the beauty of it is they are all named exactly the same. (laughs) We are going to be talking about the movie Escape Room. I want to talk just a little bit of history about why we came upon this to begin with. First off, the movie Escape Room came out in 2019 I was about to see it in the cinema. I think I wanted to look up, is it even worth going to see? (laughs) Honestly, I thought it would get some sort of like one out of 10 or something. So when it didn't do that poorly uh, on any of the rating systems, I went, okay, well, I'll give it a go. I don't think there was anything else that week that I wanted to see. But as I was looking it up, I found out that there was another escape room from 2017 that had Ski Orch in it from mm-hmm. basically Scream. is <laughs> about the only thing. I think he was also that and Reindeer Games, maybe. I don't think there's really much else that I... I used to work in Blockbuster and we used to get a lot of his, like, one copy VHSs in, like, <laughs> Strange Nights. What the hell is this? <laughs> but since you worked there and you got some free rentals, did you go through his I think we prob- collection? I think we probably used his movies as drinking games, to be honest. But As we kind of were talking about making this episode, and I was trying to look up information, because you're asking me about who is the director and who is this guy, and something about the actor from Days of Our Lives, and I had no idea what you were talking about. (laughs) As I typed in Escape Room to find it, I found 2019, 2017, and 2017 too. There were two movies named Escape Room, released in the same year. It's kind of bizarre. It's like it's almost like when Deep Impact and Armageddon got released together, but this At is the same. At least they're different they're names. different names, yeah. This <laughs> is like, they've got this exact same name. That's crazy. These movies are very much kind of a melding of what we normally talk about, which are puzzle games and movies. These are movies about puzzle games. It seems like a shoe-in. I was like, yep. That's, we definitely have to do this. However, uh, I think that we are both agreed that none of the three are really worth spending an entire episode on. No. And so we've decided to shove the three <laughs> into one escape room episode. An escape room Be- extravaganza. Yes. Before we go further, though, I have a feeling that people who listen to this show will know that there are others of this kind and will start suggesting them. That's fine. Go ahead, suggest them. I love this kind of movie. Even when it's not very good, I will still want to watch it. There are tons of others out there, like Fermat's Theorem, Breathing Room, even the Saw movies, to a degree. You've got a movie called Nine Dead, which isn't the best, but a slightly better one called House of Nine. There are a lot, and there there are more and more. The more I look into it, the more there seem to be. There's some TV movie called no escape room <laughs> right. which mentions some sort of father and daughter going to an escape room but then paranormal activities i don't know there are more well, <laughs> sounds like the next one we've got to watch so here's the thing we don't want to shove all this into one we're just going to focus on these three movies and try to do them 
somewhat justice before we move on to anything else. But what the listeners may not understand is I do really like enjoyably bad movies. And I, I, I would say that at least two of these would fall into that category. So if it's really good, I will like it. If it's really bad, I might like it. And so with the interesting concept of puzzles, escape, and everything, yeah, I'm kind of a sucker for this. So beware. I think Darren probably didn't enjoy it quite as much as I did. But we will find out as we get into it. Before we begin, though, as we've done in other episodes, we'll we'll hit the three spoiler warnings. I will try to, when we release this video, put a comment with timestamps. So in case you want to happen to skip one, then that's fine. Let me look at the directors quick, because I find that's probably the easiest way to identify right. them. So we were talking about Escape Room 1, which was directed by Peter Dukes. Escape Room 2017-2, which was directed by Will Wernick. And then the most recent one, 2019, which was directed by Adam Robitel. <laughs> I don't know why. You... He's giving me a very non-plussed face, and I don't know what that one's about. Is it, is it Adam Robitel? Do you just, know him personally? It's just like, yeah, all these world-class famous directors that I've never heard of. Oh, we're going to get into that once we get into the uh, spoiler section. <laughs> the biggest thing, though, is this. If you have not seen Escape Room 2019 and you plan to, my biggest tip is skip the first five minutes. Definitely. We cannot, at this point, without giving things away, explain to you why, but trust us, skip the first five minutes. It will be a much more enjoyable experience. I saw it in the cinema. I couldn't skip. <laughs> you can't skip the cinema. <laughs> I also had no idea exactly what it was doing, but... Yeah, I've watched it twice now, and it's even worse the second time. All right, are we ready to really jump into Escape Room? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> All right, so here it is. Spoiler warning one. Let's get into Escape Room 2017, the first one. Skeet Ulrich. Wow. <laughs> All right. So this movie... The version I've seen, and I've seen this in two different places online, and the one that you've seen as well, <laughs> does this very odd thing where for seven and a half minutes, there's a scene in Arabic that we have no idea what they're talking about. I looked it up online as well, trying to find out what this was about. I have been searching for a week because I knew we were working on this, and I've not been able to find... Well, the thing is, I saw I saw a post by someone on Reddit. They're like, guys, I bought the DVD of this and it doesn't have subtitles. Even the DVD doesn't work. I told you that my theory was if the subtitles aren't hardwired into it, then there's a good chance that it just, just didn't exist. Yeah, so it's like, even if you buy the DVD and it's not got subtitles, then I think we're out of luck, to be honest. So we just have to guess what was going on. I think we can make a good guess about what was happening. But I'm sure we can. It's not quite as entertaining as Chewbacca's family from the Star Wars Holiday Special, which does a very similar thing. But yeah, I honestly, I could skip this whole scene though, and it wouldn't make a difference to me at all. I feel like the whole movie hinges on this first eight minutes, man, because otherwise it's just a garbage movie that has that makes no sense, even yeah, less I, sense. I disagree. Because I think that we get enough of it just from the antique shop that we don't really need it. I would like to know what they're saying, for sure. Well, dear listeners. <laughs> Good luck <with> that. 
maybe if we happen to get listeners who can translate for us, then that will be something. But for now, we'll just have to be left in a mystery. But likely, it has to do with this demon that's in the skull box. And they bury it for safety, but the one guy kills the other guy. It's basically Jumanji. I haven't haven't seen... Are you talking about the original one? The original, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the original one in so long. I I wouldn't remember. But it's all based on this wooden box that looks like a skull. It's not a bad prop. It's somewhat simple, though. I was going to say, it's not a great one. Yeah, it looks like someone made it in the woodshop in a weekend. But I think that that's part of the reason why it looks that way, is it's meant to be centuries old. And you couldn't have it machine-tooled if... Should be better looking then. Someone handcrafted that stuff in the in the in the medieval age. No, no, no. It predates medieval. Oh, how do you know? Because of what Ramona says in ah, the antique okay, shop. Okay, okay. She basically makes it sound as though it comes from the beginning of time, so it's very old. Uh, well, I mean, we can get into what I. Think we're we're in the spoiler said. section. Say what you want. So the two guys go out to the desert. They're burying the box, and then for some reason he shoots his friend, and then he shoots himself, and it's basically they're cutting off. Does he shoot himself? Yeah. They're out in the desert, they bury the box, he shoots his friend in the back, and then you see him getting down his knees in the sand, he puts the gun in his mouth, and you hear the trigger go. So yeah, he blows his own head off as well. Okay. To prevent anybody else finding it, in theory. Oh, I think to prevent, like, by the end of the movie, that's like to prevent the demon from continuing. It's like he's, he's he's trying to do the world a favor by not allowing the demon to skip into another... So it's kind of like, what was that movie with Denzel Washington with the guy that jumps from body to body? Fallen. That's what it was called. Yeah, this this spirit must jump from person to person and that's their way of stopping it because it's in the middle of the desert so no one else is around. Right. And I would like to have had a a better explanation. I I would love to have seen the subtitles for this because I I feel like the whole movie's kind of basis is in this first part of this movie and it's just not there. But I'm really not fussed about dedicating whatever amount of minutes of my life to finding out about it now. (laughs) I don't think that it's going to bring you the satisfaction that you're hoping for. It's probably easy. It's probably better just for me to make it up. Or just use what we've already seen. I think we already know exactly (laughs) what this story is and exactly what's going on. Oh, I mean, if we were to act at the beginning, be like, oh, this box has to be buried. No, we can't bury it. Got to keep it. No. We have to keep it where we know where it is. Yeah. Sorry, brother. And oh, no. There's also an argument over who has to dig. And they only dig about, like, (laughs) just enough to barely (laughs) cover it. And you're digging through sand. It's not like you're digging through... Like really rough a good terrain. windstorm is going to uncover it in about five seconds. Yeah. So, kind of dumb. Yeah. That's why I really don't think it's going to help ease your, your concern over the story. But yeah, I agree. Make up your own. I think it's going to be better than what we get <laughs> based on what we get to see. Let me talk about the opening credits for a second. Because one of the production companies is called an Escape Room Entity 3 production. That's the way it's credited. Pretty much any movie... I'm not going to say that this is 100% of the time, but quite a lot of the enjoyably bad movies that I watch, there are a lot of them where this is the only movie that they were ever destined to make. And the production company is named after their first movie. So it's usually a pretty bad sign if the production company is the same name as the movie. So when it's called an escape room Entity 3 production, that's just not a good sign. <laughs> so it's a bell going off. Let's talk real quick just about the scenario, what we're, we're set up with in this one. So our man Skeet plays 
someone called Bryce who runs a set of escape rooms under the title Deranged. We see him in his small apartment. He owes lots of money, clearly, and he's upset that his escape room is not top-ranked anymore. A couple years ago, he was. There's a newspaper clipping or magazine clipping saying how they're the best. And I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get into that (laughs) when we get into the room itself. But it's an okay setup. And it gives somewhat motivation for why he's hesitant to stop the game later. But he goes into this antique place and he's digging his vibe. And here's the thing where you said, wait, when we're looking it up, you said, oh, is this the one with Sean Young? And I don't remember Sean Young. It's because he's only in it a very tiny bit. Just the beginning and then again yeah. at the end, pretty much. Yeah. Here for the antique shop, of which she's titled as being called Ramona. But I don't think we ever hear her <laughs> name at all. <laughs> no. So Ramona tries to dissuade him from buying this ugly box. He steals it and somewhat he, like... He leaves her some money for it. Somewhat like the never-ending story. Uh, however... This whole scene, man. <laughs> oh. He also, I mean, you maybe don't know U.S. money as well as I do. I'm pretty sure he leaves her about five bucks, <laughs> which there's no way. He was complaining about how expensive everything is. I'm pretty sure that's not enough money. Uh, like, did they not have at least a 20 on them to lay down or a 50 that would make it? I was looking at that going, I'm pretty sure that's five or six bucks. There's no way that that's enough money right. to cover this thing that she coveted so much. Yeah. But... He steals it during the phone call, and this is what you want to talk about. Yeah. I couldn't believe this. So, yeah. So, obviously, before he steals it, he needs a, a distraction, and he gets that distraction by the phone ringing. Which is exactly a never-ending story. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, they stole this whole scene, but go ahead. So, then, so then Sean Young goes off to the phone and he's like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yeah, okay, don't get it wet, and don't feed it after midnight. It's like, really, guys? Come on. So, all of a sudden, she's the she's the curator for the the weird shop from Gremlins. You can't just lift that scene out of Gremlins. Especially those exact words. Those are iconic words. You cannot steal those, man. You can't. What did you think when you saw that part? Honestly, the first time, I didn't even remember that happening. You told me about that, and I said, I don't remember that. But once you pointed it out, watching it this time, I went, oh, that's very ridiculous. And it shouldn't honestly be that. I think as an antique dealer, she's not really like the curator from Gremlins. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but (laughs) my impression is more that she knows about these cursed artifacts. So it'd make much more sense to use a reference to a cursed artifact, something from like the dagger from the golden child or using the puzzle box from Hellraiser, something along those lines. Mm. Mogwai or something totally (laughs) different. And it just doesn't seem to fit. It seems a very awkward reference to jam in here yeah shoehorning a weird 80s reference which to be fair though the movie does it constantly it's constantly tripping over itself trying to show you how cool it is with 80s references is it or is it just trying to show you how much of a loser these two guys are because they pretty much all come down to these two guys from now on let's talk about our contestants in the game we've got Ben, who's picking up Jess, and he's saying that he's going to ask her to move in with him. Jeff and Ben are constantly arguing about horror movies, and usually not in a really intelligent way. I don't know if you got this impression, but it felt to me like they were spewing the lines they were given, but they don't really love these movies the way that they're 
professing? I saw it as I wrote down that just the writing was awful and it was badly acted. It was just, yeah, it felt hollow and exactly like what you said. It's like they themselves as real people probably had no idea what they were talking about. We're introduced to a game reviewer, Jeff, who's playing a game and is unable to be six. Yeah. Unable to be seduced by his girlfriend, Angie. But I guess they're going to the escape room and Jeff is planning to write a review of it. I think so, because ske- Bryce keeps referencing the fact that... He makes such a big deal out of this a, guy. A bad review could yeah. hurt us, yeah. A bad review by this nobody. Bryce has a secretary, Molly. She plays a big role in the movie. She's basically the <laughs> pretty much the only staff he has besides this actor, AJ, I think, who's smoking and she gets very mad at. That's it. That's our cast. Outside of some random police people at the end. Right. That's pretty much us. They go in, there's the argument over, I think, whether your next is a horror movie or not, something along those lines. It's the type of thing that you and I might argue about, but like you said, it just seems a bit hollow here. We're told constantly that they're going to have 55 minutes. Which is an odd number to have for an escape room. Like, why not just the full hour? Why did they go for 55 minutes? I don't know. (laughs) There's a lot about this escape room I don't understand. Especially the actual physical layout. Uh, The actual room I get, but... They appear to go into a hallway, and then they appear to go into a second hallway to get into the room. But then towards the end, it seems like there's only the one hallway. So I got a bit confused by that. Maybe it's just the way that it was edited. Right. But you only have the four people. They get hooded. They're told that cell phones won't work because there's a jammer or something. Lead walls. So they're they're allowed to keep their phones, which doesn't usually happen. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, let's just get into the room. So we go into the room, and what do we see? We see a bookcase, a couple paintings, a cabinet, table, and half the room is in darkness. Because it's, because it's empty. <laughs> there's nothing there. Well, there's something there. There's two things there. There's a, there's a dictaphone that I used to have, that exact dictaphone. <laughs> Seriously, sure. when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's the Olympus whatever model. <laughs> yeah, I had the exact same one. That was the best thing about the movie for me. <laughs> that amazing nostalgia <laughs> factor. Right, well, they start looking around the room. They start solving some puzzles, I guess. So there's uh, like two good puzzles in this room, if that. So there's the locked cabinet with the colors and basically how many books are on the shelf, which was pretty straightforward. Yeah, I could see if you've never done anything like this, that might be difficult. That might be an interesting thing. I think the last couple of years since we've been working on this podcast, I've been playing more puzzle games and certainly more consistently than I ever have before. So now this seems very laughable. Yeah. But people who've never done it, particularly Angie, who's bored within five seconds and wants to be on Facebook, can't. Right. And it appears that Jess has also done none of these kind of things before. So that's fine. However, Jeff, who claims himself to be the what is it? The puzzle king? <laughs> and then he has to sit down and... I mean, I, I basically, he mansplains the whole puzzle. <laughs> this is this is the ultimate... If you want to know what mansplaining is, it's this one. Yeah. <laughs> Though, at the same time, I appreciate that he would want to explain the puzzle rather than just solve it and move on and ignore her altogether. Trying to get her to see how the puzzles work. I think that that's actually somewhat important to the plot considering, well, we're in the spoilers, since he's going to be the first one to go. Yeah. He's no Ren, that's for sure, from Cube. 
Oh, no, no. But yeah, he is the first to go, and he kind of lets go of his information before he goes. Oh, one thing I did like about this movie is that it's in real time. So the 55 minutes, and I think that's maybe why they chose 55 minutes, because... It's not actually 55 minutes, though. Because... I did check, but it's just slightly shortened, really. The movie, from when he says you got 55 minutes, there is 55 minutes until the end of the movie. But, oh, until the end of the full movie, but yeah. that's not the end of the movie. Right, yeah. yeah. So they do speed things up, but it's like, when they said 55 minutes, and I looked at the, I looked at the, the clock, how much time was left in the movie, I was like, oh, that's clever. There you, go. <laughs> you get one point. <laughs> Would they have got more points if it was like, it's 54 minutes and 37 seconds. <laughs> that's how long you have. I'll tell you what they lost a lot of points was with this over and over again movie trivia competition that they seem what, to What, you didn't through. know that 35 millimeter had an original? Yeah, thing? yeah. You didn't know that the thing was a remake? Yeah, it was the John Carp. No, it was before that, you idiot. And they do that over and over and over again. Yeah, when you don't have time. I do like that the female characters were both trying to get them to focus again. Mm. Because they would have spent the whole 55 minutes just arguing about movies, basically. It's just lazy writing, man. It's just like, I'm I'm smart. I went to film school and I know stuff about movies. So I'm going to put them in here and make other people say them to make me look smart. I just hate that. It's very pretentious, man. I hate when Tarantino does that. And these guys do not get a free pass either. For the first part, it really feels like the guys don't really do much who claim to be so amazing at puzzles and escape rooms. Angie finds the eraser that has the DER under it. I think Jess finds most of the puzzles, really. That was the, the DER thing, because they find the UN part first. No, they find the DER part first. Oh, did they find that first? I missed they that. They find that very early on. It's just on an eraser. Jeff finds... <laughs> Jeff, the escape room master, I put in quotes in my notes, finds two coins... Yeah, which he doesn't tell anyone about and puts in his pocket. It's like... No, he does tell them because they ask later where are the coins. So they knew, but yeah, he put them in his pocket rather than on the table where they should be. Also, two of these puzzles have two coins. Why make it four coins? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would suspect that one puzzle would be one coin. I think perhaps they set up this four coins and it intended to have more puzzles but either couldn't think of them or didn't have the runtime to make it work. But two coins, and he puts them in his pocket. Here's something that really irritates me. Jess finds the triangle shapes and the paintings ages before they really need them. Right. And they don't really think about them for a long time. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that, that was my my favorite puzzle in the whole room, basically, was, the, was that picture because it's kind of abstract and there's weird shapes everywhere but oh there's triangles left that point left and right and you got to hit the triangles in order to reveal a secret panel that was very escape roomy if you can say that as a word oh yeah but i uh, you you would find that in a room maybe maybe if that's one of the features of the room maybe you would find it first but you wouldn't know what to do with it i think you would i think though for me that puzzle was almost too easy and too obvious and they made it sound like it was strenuous mental activity yeah, when it was just... Look at, They're only a left and right. Yeah, look, look and, at oh, picture. I see these triangles. This diamond is actually a left and right triangle. Like, yeah, okay. Can you just... <laughs> can you get all that? Anyway, that's once they actually really start, I think, playing. We need to talk about the elephant in the room <laughs> or the... Stitch face in the room. room. I like that they keep referring to him as Stitch face as though they're trying to turn him into the next big horror thing. They've given him this name. They've given him this look. And I'm okay with that. But this movie doesn't warrant it. I liked Stitch face, at least as a character. He was creepy. He did his job. 
That was fine. I've never done an escape. I don't know if I could handle an escape room with a real life. Actor. I want to talk about that, but can we save it for the end of this part? Because sure. I, the main premise of this movie, the escape room movie, doesn't really seem to be about the escape room itself. It seems to be about this demon. Yeah. So the movie really begins in earnest when Jeff opens the box and finds nothing inside of it, which I was annoyed alone that Bryce felt he had no money, yet he thought this box would make a big difference in the room that's a waste of his five dollars yeah well, he, he did steal it justin yeah so <laughs> but i can't imagine why this would make a big difference especially in the in a room with nothing in it anyway you know there's, there's someone who had the top rated escape room should know that if you're going to add an element it should have a puzzle element to it and it had nothing he didn't yeah, put anything it was, inside it was a prop basically for nothing right he didn't bother to lock it despite her warnings there's all sorts of things that could have been done that would be much more intelligent we see a hazy bit as the demon comes out and takes over the actor the actor is now uh well we'll see later that he rips down the camera which i don't know how this demon knew what the camera was there's a lot that if you start to pick this movie apart it just it will completely fall apart take savvy demon jeff finds uh, in one of the puzzles a pair of scissors so he goes over he cuts open the box right within distance of creepy stitch face which makes no sense to me even in the game even if it is just an actor the actor is likely to do something and not just stand there so you would think you would take the box and bring it back to the table but no he uses it right there and stitch face kills him yeah and there's a few deaths by stitch face that are just like so dumb like, I love how you say that. A few deaths that are dumb. I think there's all, only like three. Well, all of them then. I mean, even when the, when the girlfriend goes back over to yeah. the boyfriend, it's like, you do realize you're in the kill zone. <laughs> and then she gets stabbed through the, the top of her skull. But it seems to me that... There's some magic. He has a power to hallucinate and, yeah. and give them what they want to bring them over because he does it twice. Twice at least, yeah. He has the force. But... Oh. Basically, I don't want to spend much more time on this no. one. It leads to to Jess getting to the end, and Jess uh, sort of escapes. I mean, it, it got to the point in the movie where I was going to play a game with you from one of the quotes of the movie, because there's a part where he says, we've got 37 minutes, what are we missing? And I was like, a story? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many things you could put out of that. Like, yeah. We've got 37 minutes, what are we, what are we missing? A few more puzzles? <laughs> yeah, a plot. Colors. The movie is so drab. There's nothing. It's so beige, man. It's boring. But, okay, as a movie, it doesn't work. As an escape room, it makes sense. Right. Here's the thing. I think my biggest complaint is not the plot. It's not the acting. My biggest complaint is this escape room. This is a terrible escape room. I'd want my money back. It's like, you get a key to open a lock, which gives you another key, which then gives you another key. There's no puzzles. It's just basically keys to open to get more keys. There are only about four puzzles, yeah. I think. And like you said, maybe two are okay. The color book puzzle, I'm okay with. The wall painting one, I'm okay with. The under one, I'm not. That one didn't really seem to make any sense to me. She found the DER eraser first and then found a piece of paper that said UN and she noticed that it happened to be in pencil so she could erase it. But I don't know. It doesn't seem right to use half the word that you have to erase. I don't know. It just feels like this puzzle doesn't really make any sense. 
you could just figure it out on your own. Yeah. Like you could guess this one. I have an eraser. I have some pencil. Yeah. It's not like it's under the pencil. Like. Yeah. Or under the table or I was expecting the under to actually relate to something else. Not like, oh, there's a code under here. And then she sees that there are more triangles and she goes, more triangles, and she can't seem to put that together. Yet there are the four triangles on the door that she doesn't seem to be able to put together until the end. There are just so many bad parts about this movie, but it's the puzzles. This escape room, like you said, if this is meant to be one of the top rated ever, it had better have more puzzles than this. If this was the first escape room, I don't think they would have become a hit. I don't think they would become as popular as they've become. No, no. I mean, it's not to... I don't know, how can I say this without sounding arrogant? But honestly, the escape room that I made for you guys in my house was better than this room. <laughs> yes. This room was garbage. And, I, when, I, and I, I, I taped and stapled together an escape room that was better than this. When you asked me how this movie was, because I had seen it long before you did, I said, I don't think this escape room would take us very long because there really wasn't much to it. Yeah. The big mechanic of this room is this dude standing off in the corner. Who is chained and gets like a length of chain released every Every five five minutes. minutes. Which is a good idea. It is a very good idea. And that's... So question one I wanted to get was, is this a good escape room? Which I think we've both said, no, not really. No. Do we like this guy? I think it's a very cool mechanic, but I don't know how it would actually work. Yeah, because you basically what you're saying is that if you waste time, you can't catch up. If this guy gets released every five minutes, then you're essentially blocking off a section of the room. Right. And that's a big part of my problem with it. I also have an issue of what does he do? Because we only know what the demon does. The demon will kill them. Yeah. But what would the actor do? Would he just keep standing and go a little bit further? It's creepy. I do like the creepiness of just having some guy standing there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a very cool escape room, horror room Mm. type of mechanic to have but would he be literally getting in their way would it be a a kind of like if he tags you you're out out yeah but that was not explained because you would need some kind of moderator in there to be like okay you're you're dead essentially but no if if, if he had some kind of mechanic to, i wouldn't like that can you imagine getting paying 20 bucks to get into an escape room and and then told (laughs) you're you're out yeah so i don't i don't like it for that because i don't understand how it would work i like the look of it I like the creepy feel of it, but I just don't understand what the point of it would be. Unless it's the type of thing where the actor does something to say, oh, you're all dead. You know, like, I don't, pulls down a screen that has fire on it or something. Yeah. I don't, something to signify you lose. But I don't understand how it would actually work. Yeah, I think, I don't think he's there to kill them. Because I've seen actors in escape rooms before. Oh, really? Yeah. Not in not not in ones that I've personally been in, but on things that I've watched. And one of them was like this escape room in the states, and they had an actor, and it was like it was like a, again like a saw theme where you found this secret passage, and then you found like a victim. So the actor was a hostage, and he was like so traumatized he couldn't actually speak. That was part of his, otherwise he could just give you hints, hints, hints. So you have to rescue him, and basically he's there just to freak you out, and uh, you have to go through his pockets and. You can find stuff. And then I think he is there as a kind of hint system. Like if you're really, really stuck, you'd be like, you know, like the guy from Cube, you know, I like the blue room, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. So as a mechanic to help you through, yeah, but as a mechanic to kill you, that would not work in an escape room. <laughs> right. So my last question, they left room for a sequel by having <laughs> God by no. having Bryce be uh, taken over and possessed. Yeah. In a way that's not 
overly obvious is only because of the way that Molly reacts to him. I don't think I really would have noticed otherwise. It's so subtle. And I like subtle, but this was almost too subtle. He doesn't change of behavior he just walks away walks away weird with his like swagger like (laughs) i've got i've got a demon demon swagger but then awfully she returns the box molly returns the box to ramona and ramona's like well demon's out now yeah knows your face he's coming for you like well i didn't do anything (laughs) I, i was the good guy in this in this whole movie i was the only one that actually made sense and now I've got a mart. I've got a, tar- a bullseye painted on my forehead now. It's one of those things where I don't know if just every movie, particularly horror movies, want to leave an option for a sequel, and maybe that's all it is. But it just felt tacked on and kind of pointless in the fact that we know that, at least thus far, I don't think there's been a sequel. And I suspect there won't be. Also, does Bryce not have a second set of keys? Like, when he comes and opens the door... I imagine there must be, but maybe he had to go back to the office to get them, or maybe Molly's got them. Dumb. Dumb movie. <laughs> Terrible movie. Not, not good. No. Not good. And not even good. Like, even, even if I could have got some ideas for puzzles, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll steal that, or I'll, I'll modify that. Like, there's nothing here. It's, it's empty. It's just got nothing going for it. All right. I'm ready to move on. Are you? Days of our lives. All right. So we jump into Escape Room 2017. The second spoiler warning now. Here we are, the movie directed by Will Wernick, starring Evan Williams, Annabelle Stevenson, and Billy Flynn. So Billy Flynn is your man from, what is it, Days of Our Lives? Where you didn't even know. Like, what is Days of Our Lives? Well, it's a soap (laughs) opera. Why are you asking? Because he's in this escape room. Yep. Uh, Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sort of, yeah. All right, but. Opening credits, companies that made this, Voltage Pictures, and (sighs) Escape Productions. (laughs) So, not a good sign. That's two for two. (laughs) And I think that they probably wanted an Escape Room production, but the other company got to it first. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's my suspicion anyway. The opening for this one is decent, though. So, we open in a gray room with a man shouting, and he's trying to figure out this puzzle box. There are three dials on it. He's got some sort of weird card key. He's watching a screen and he's doing something. His shirt is all bloody. He solves it. He gets a two-headed key. And there are two tiny pillars with a keyhole on top. And clearly he chose poorly because the one he chooses injects him with something and he dies. Yeah. Pretty sure that's Billy Flynn. Oh, really? (laughs) That's why I'm saying barely. I'm pretty sure that that's him. Oh, I thought he was the main character guy, like the boyfriend at least. I don't think so, because I'm pretty sure I looked it up. I think he plays a character called Victor, who we don't see in the rest of the movie, so I'm pretty sure that this is him. <laughs> oh, wow. So, okay, fair enough. I like that key. That key was pretty cool, though. It was like a double-sided key that you have to break in half. Do you have to break in half? Do you think you can? I thought you could, because it looked it looked like it had a seam down the middle. I don't know if that's just how they glued it together. <laughs> right. But I think the whole point of that was, yeah, you'd have to break it apart. You would need two people, like, in Superman 4 to... Was it Superman 4? There are many where where, where you have to do a key at the same time. So let, let's not get obsessed with... I. Richard Pryor gets the guy drunk. That's three. That's three. Right, okay. That's the one I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah... No, this one, the, the, four, four was the quest for peace. Oh, that's one I haven't seen still. <laughs> Don't. Yeah, I, know. I, think, I think we've talked about that before. There was one thing I noticed right off the bat. Did you notice anything weird about the scene where they're in the fancy Wait, car? Before we get to that, 
let me just the thing I don't like about this room is I don't know how it works. I don't know the answer. And that's always going to bother me. <laughs> I know what I'm like. And I know years from now, I'm going to think about this movie and go, yeah, but what was the right answer? <laughs> because the problem is, okay, you said that it needs to be both turned, but will they both get injected? Will it not inject if they happen to turn at the same time? I'll never know. And my suspicion is they don't know either that they were just making up as they went. So I want to know, is there an answer? And that that will always kind of bother me. All right. So <laughs> fancy car scene. Let's go. Fancy car scene. Did you notice anything weird about the fancy car scene? Probably not what you're going to say. <laughs> there are a number of weird things about the fancy car scene. First off is the fact that he's asking her to move in with him, which just ties in too weirdly to the other one from 2017. But also just the awkward dialogue. Which goes through the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, that part to me, it seemed like it was dubbed. The audio seemed off. It was almost like they had to shoot it again, but they had to give back the fancy car. So they didn't have the fancy car anymore. So they did it in the studio and just dubbed over the top of their like lip synced it. It's very possible. Because I, I know that they do that sometimes. They do. And I think if they're using a real car and... If they didn't have the right audio setup, like the problem is noisy. in a real car, it'd be noisy. Yeah. So it's quite possible that they had to loop the sound over again because the, the sound didn't work. The thing is, when you see a car scene in a big budget movie, typically that car is just being pulled by another one. Yep. So there isn't a lot of sound within the actual car. I don't think they had that kind of budget. <laughs> <laughs> But I was worried when I watched it. I was like, oh, no. Is, is this going to be the whole thing? The whole thing. But after that, when they're in the restaurant, it's like, oh, okay, it's not. Phew. Though, oh, gosh, this restaurant scene is, a, is, is just so difficult to get through. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love bad movies, but this is just hits the most meh tone of any scene I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they walk in. It's Tyler's birthday. And... He basically does this thing where he can predict what they all ordered because they're all that predictable. I don't know of any group, even the most boring group, where you can guess exactly what six people have ordered. You need to get some new friends, man, if that's the case. like <laughs> It's so ridiculous. All right, let me go over the characters quick because I had to jump back and forth between watching and IMDb to catch some of these names because some of them are hard to catch. We've got Tyler, it's his birthday. Kristen, who I'm guaranteed to accidentally call Catherine at some point. Conrad is dating his sister, Tabby, who's wearing the white dress. And then there's Anderson, the tall guy with the glasses, and Natasha, whose name I didn't know for ages. And that's definitely one I had to IMDb because it is very clearly stated at some point later on. But for a long time, I, I don't know who this person is. <laughs> and I had her down as a question mark for ages. <laughs> well, at least you know their names. I had no idea. It was well, I had to, I, I wouldn't have cared, except I knew we were going to talk about it today. And I just, I, I just have code names for them all. I didn't want to go back to like what I did for Circle and trying to identify yeah. them by look and confusing both of us. So here we actually have names. Let's, let's use them. This boring scene, let's just skip over it. So they basically are going to an escape room. This is the first problem with this is like, we're going to an escape room where we need to use our brains and we're going to have to solve puzzles and it's going to be really difficult. I know what's a good idea. Let's all get really hammered. Yeah. So this was a huge problem for me. They continue to drink, I believe, in the van. Yeah. And they drink the entire way there. It's like... The problem is twofold. One, you're not going to be at your most mentally aware, but two... You're locked in a room for an hour. 
Yeah, you need to pee, man. <laughs> yeah. And you typically aren't allowed to. Yeah. Right? If you have an emergency, you could probably get out. But in this one, you definitely can. No. So, stupid. Just really, yeah, really absolutely stupid. stupid. We do need to talk just really briefly that there is a character called Hadley who goes off to a sexy party instead, apparently. Oh, yeah. That is only really important at the end. Now they get in the van. They have to turn in their phones. They have to turn in their wallets, but I didn't understand that one. Clearly, whoever's running the game is just stealing money. Yeah, <laughs> gotta fund this somehow. Yeah, put your wallets in here, it'll make it easier than getting it off your bodies later. Yeah. They get blindfolded, except for Kristen, who doesn't need to be blindfolded because she needs to lead them in. There's a weird part where they try to, as they're riding in the van, where they try to lower the partition to talk to the driver, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Because the driver is Jigsaw, basically, isn't he? He's the guy that's obviously set up the whole thing. Right. So I we're, not, we're, we're not allowed to see him. And actually, while we're mentioning him, there was something at the beginning I did want to talk about, which is something that all these escape room movies seem to want to do, is put some sort of news article that relates to the escape room. So there's some radio news story about a ritualistic fire or something, which I'm pretty sure is meant to reflect back on oh, it must be this guy who's driving the van away from where Billy Flynn died. Right. But we don't get that here. Here, oh, we have no idea what's going to (laughs) happen. But they go in, and here's one thing that I do like. They are separated into different rooms. So we have Tabby and Conrad in what looks like a morgue. Yeah. You've got Tyler who wakes up in a room full of TVs and clocks and newspapers. You've got Anderson and... I say wake up. They they don't wake up, but they're... Unblindfolded. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, but like, there must be a better word. <laughs> yeah. you got the other two, Anderson and Natasha, who are supposed to be in love, but boy, they... Clearly are not. <laughs> yeah. They, they seem like they should just be exes already. It's just... Oh, it, that is all cringeworthy. But they have the kind of rope manacles that they have to loosen up and move around, manipulate so that they can be separated. And Kristen is nowhere to be seen for now. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that whole cuffed together thing is obviously symbolism for how their relationship is a sham. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of that going on here. Problem one, Tyler opens the door and he could have walked away. He shuts the door and powers up the room. Do you think he actually could have walked away? Do you think that the only way to win this game is to not play? Yeah. I think that was the whole point of this, in a sense, like, he should have walked away. Like, that was that's the only way that he could have... I don't know if he would have saved everybody, but probably not. But maybe that was... It was his birthday, after all. So it's like, yeah, you don't get to die on your birthday. You're on your own as well. He's, he's the only one that doesn't have a partner. I wonder, though, if... But if he does leave, then everyone is doomed, because he's the smartest guy in the room, pretty much. Sort of. Yeah, he is. <laughs> like, well, all right, but I, I want to get to that later. I don't know. I don't personally think it's fair. I think if I was in this situation and everybody's out to have a good time, I wouldn't want to ruin everybody's good time. No, no, exactly. No, of course not. I, I personally, I would have stayed because it would be fun, but I didn't. I, if I knew I was going to be murdered, then no, I would leave. Right. <laughs> but you don't know that. Yeah. You don't know that. So let's start talking about puzzles. Natasha figures out how to get the ropes through the manacle and out so that they can move around. Tyler, at this point, like, I don't think he really does much of anything, right? Until Anderson opens the door. He sees that there's a dial, like a 
safe or vault dial on his door, but he doesn't really know what to do with it. <laughs> Tabby and Conrad, he's like, oh, can we do something about this? And realize he's got some sort of chastity belt on. And how did he not know about that? He he's acts all surprised. Like, how do you not know someone has just attached a giant cod piece to you? Like, they're, they're supposed, to be, ter- like, dense, they're supposed right? to be stereotypically dumb, but my God, they're dumb. They are super dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe Pseudo Jigsaw knows that because he gives them the easiest puzzle ever to yeah. unlock. I was thinking that that can't be the answer. A four-letter word that... No. <laughs> but it is. And then rather than do anything, they make out for... I don't know, until it's their turn to be back in the movie. Yeah, again. basically. But this, this idea of like a multiple room escape room is a really nice idea. I like this. This movie, let me just be clear here, this is the best movie for me out of all three of them. I would agree. I think the first, up until they get into the room, I could have skipped happily. Yeah, yeah. But once Tyler opens his eyes and we look around the room, and already they weren't all in the same room, I went, well, this is interesting. This is something different. And this is not something... I mean, I've only done one escape room, but I know friends who've done others. I don't know of anyone who's done a multiple room in this way. There are definitely ones where there's a hidden room that you need to find, but I've never seen this kind of three separate rooms having to work together. I did one where it was separated, like you were almost like in a a cell, so there was like a barred door, and so we had to communicate through the thing, like, because we obviously can't see around the corner, like, what's on this side of the wall, can't see that. We had information that would help them solve puzzles, and they had information that would help us. It's kind of like a real life, we were here. It was cool, yeah, it it was a good room. And that's kind of what they get into here as well. Tyler has the dial, but they have the clocks that are stopped. And so he's able to use that in order to open the door. They're now in together, opening the door. In the doorway, there's the key. So I think they can get out of their manacles now. Yeah as well as a number of other things that open up. So this is when a window opens, so now they can see Tabby and Conrad. You can see this guy making out with your sister. I'm sure that's what everyone wants to see. Yeah, well, that's why Tyler is saying, <laughs> uh, does he know? Does he realize? And he does. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he, he doesn't continues. care. Yeah, he doesn't care. If I was Tyler, I would not like Conrad very much. No. <laughs> No. There's a point where Anderson walks out of the room. Natasha's being totally inappropriate. And they've obviously got some history together, her and Tyler. Yeah, Yeah. which I felt like they overdid even at the dinner scene. But this... They do it the whole way through. Yeah. And it doesn't amount to anything. That's the problem for me anyway. It's like, why have it? It didn't actually mean anything. I think it does slightly, but I'll Uh, get to that when we get to that point in the story, hopefully. But it's just so ridiculous. And I do want to just like, stop. Like, now's not the time. We're in an escape room. They don't realize that there might be cameras, but we would know that there definitely <laughs> is. They clearly didn't watch the other escape room movie. No. So they would know that there were cameras. It's just so awkward. That it's, it's not fun. It's not great. And we didn't need to do it so often. She does it so often in this movie. Yeah. Pretty much every time she talks to him. Okay. Oh, sorry. The thing that we were missing is the paintings. That's what opens up the window, which is the food chain. You put them in oh, order and they're weighted. Yeah, that was like something out of Last Will when we were rearranging the paintings. There's a puzzle with an hour hand only clock, and then they have to find a minute hand only clock. And then Tyler does some weird manipulation to make this key out of the two hands. This is very delicate looking key, obviously. Mm-hmm. The TVs come on, there's 42 minutes to go, and Kristen is in a cage. 
Mm-hmm. Naked, might I add. But we don't know that yet. I don't think we can tell that from this point. That comes up later. But since you've mentioned it now, let's talk about that. Yes, naked. So I think that that should indicate to them that she's not in on it. And I don't know why they bothered to make her naked, except to have a naked woman in the movie. That's all I'm thinking. There really seems to be no point to it. Doing that does the one thing that I feel like Pseudo Jigsaw doesn't want them to understand, and the fact that she's not in on it. Right. But they don't ever seem to put that together. They also don't ever comment on the fact that she's naked. (laughs) Which seems like... That's totally normal. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe for her it is. We don't know her backstory, but it seems very odd and doesn't seem to really have a point. Also, one thing that I've noted down is how many times do they say (laughs) in this? Did you not notice that? I would say I curse a lot, but my God, I noticed like every second word that comes out of their mouth for like at least the first 30 minutes of this movie is (laughs) You know, did you not notice that? (laughs) Even in the opening bit with the guy from Days of Our Lives, he's like, basically he says like, Or something like that. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Obviously, that's all getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, why are you even bothering to talk about this? You know, we're just gonna cut it. But no, it just that, that really, a lot of bleeping. That yeah. really struck me. It's like it was so funny. It was like I don't know. I couldn't, it, I couldn't it get didn't. over it. It just it was like someone ringing a bell every time for me as I was watching this movie. It's like there, there we go again. They just dropped another f bomb. Just constantly. No, I don't even. I don't even really notice. Uh, okay. Okay. Edit all that out. <laughs> right. So, nine-letter puzzle. They realize that it's nothing they can just guess at. So, they have to go through, and because it's his birthday, they have to go through the giant stack of papers, look for the one that happens to be from his birthday. So, somehow, this guy has been saving, hoarding papers from 30 years, and here they are to find the one crossword puzzle. The entry hasn't been filled in. And what is that clue? I mean, it's a clever puzzle, but it doesn't belong in an escape room. There's no way. One. It's a cryptic crossword puzzle, and you can only have logic puzzle in an escape room. You can't have those kinds of puzzles, because they're not for everyone. I don't mind that part of it so much. I don't like this, I have to go through this giant pile of papers, and how would I know what date it is? There doesn't really seem to be a good clue for it. He guesses it because it happens to be his birthday. But... Why would we know that? In a real escape room, I wouldn't assume that they knew me at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the clue. The clue is great. The, the clue is egotistical notes. And the answer is and the answer is good. It made me even... When I saw it, I was like, oh, that's quite clever. This is also where I do like this bit because there's a window where they can't hear through the other side. But Tyler is mouthing it to... Well, he's like spelling it out on the paper, which I thought was clever enough. And then his sister is like mouthing, oh, theme song? He's like, yeah, theme song. That is a good kind of brother-sister moment where they would catch on like very quickly. I like that. But these two get locked in. Here's a point where the movie had been going well for me and now it starts to lose it. And this is because it becomes pseudo-saw, pseudo-jigsaw. And and pseudo-cube. This whole yeah. movie is cube directly. Because now the key doesn't open the door. Anderson breaks breaks it, but it was very flimsy to begin with. And again, Conrad and Tabby have to make out. (laughs) And they're being gassed by some sort of acid which melts their faces off. (laughs) Well, together first and then off. But they didn't 
do anything wrong. Yeah. As far as we know, these two morally have done nothing wrong. Puzzle-wise, they've solved it, and somebody had to be in this room in order to do the puzzle. There was no way to do it otherwise. They've done everything right, and they're being punished for doing everything right. They're being punished for making out. <laughs> How dare you, sinners? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. It's like, why did the dummies get it? It's unfair. At least with Saw, you had a chance. And this movie is obviously taking a page from Saw and Cube. But not in the right way. But not in a, not in a fair way. It's just like, oh, now you have to die. Like, why? Right. Yeah. And that's going to lead a bit into what I want to talk about with the next one. But sticking with this one, Tyler goes off and cries. I assume because his sister died, but also because he knows that Kristen is in danger. Like, real danger now. And that he might die himself. <laughs> well, probably... Knowing who he becomes towards the end, or who he, we realize he is by the end, is probably the better answer, honestly. But at this point, that's what I was thinking was, now he realizes Kristen is in danger. And it's also now that we finally realize she's naked. I don't think previously we could have, but now that we know she's really in danger, now we see what real condition she's in. We also can see that from a camera angle behind her that she is watching what's going on, so she is aware of yeah, what is happening. Yeah, she Tyler wants to use the ventilation to escape, which I think is stupid. I think that's unfair. But there's a puzzle inside. So clearly, he's meant to. They go in. There's a puzzle with magnets. Anderson knows the answer. I didn't understand the first part of this, so I think maybe I don't know the full Sphinx riddle. I knew the second half about the different stages of life, but I didn't know about the sun, star, uh, any of that. So it must be tied in, but I, I don't know it well enough. But they get this. And there's a sound, and rather than scooting over to make room, Anderson just gets stuck in the vent and dies? Yeah. It just didn't seem to make any sense to me. Because he's the skinniest one out of a lot of them. Yeah. Like, how did he get how stuck? How did he get stuck? Yeah. <laughs> is his belt buckle caught? Like, I have no idea why he's stuck. But he is, and so he dies because we need him to. They get out on the other side and find out they're back in the same room again, which is okay. But now to get out... They have to pull a handle inside the bear's mouth. And this is where we can start to see what kind of person Tyler is. He gets Natasha to pull the handle and he yanks the door open, which, you know, the further the door opens, the more it's going to crush your hand. Though, another problem here. Mm -hmm. Could you have not thought of an easier solution to this one? I mean, that door must be really heavy. That's all I can say. Like, Okay, yeah, possibly, but... Did they not have something to earlier? To block it, to jam it with or something like that? You couldn't... Oh, yeah, you could possibly. But the thing is, it wouldn't open enough. I think the idea was it wouldn't open enough unless the handle was held and the, right. the crushing thing came down far enough. But, well, let me throw this out here. Okay. What did Anderson and Natasha have at the beginning of their game? Handcuffs? Yes. In what way, though? String. Could we not have tried to use the string to pull the handle rather than getting our arm crushed? Yeah, like just loop that around and then pull that. Yeah, I never even thought of that. That would be a good idea. But this is part of why I'm not sure Tyler is as much the game master as you think he is. I mean, yeah, obviously, let's take... I mean, he's better than the other ones. Let's take say. Tabby and Conrad out. Anderson, I think, seems to know some stuff. Natasha, even at one point, defends him and says... Actually, he's pretty good at this kind of stuff. So I think he possibly could have been. Tyler seems a bit unaware of stuff. So He's the, an alpha gamer, though, for sure. Yeah, but there's 
the part with the colored wires, Natasha puts that together. He can boss people around, but I don't think he's as clever about figuring out puzzles as perhaps he thinks he is or perhaps as he he seems to be. But that's, I, I suppose, not the most important thing. But I think that it definitely was a group effort. And he only survives because he's very cutthroat. Well, yeah, he offs his ex-girlfriend. Well, or fling. Yeah, anyway. So he goes out in the hall. He's got the three card keys that they found. He puts them in. Time seems to speed up when he's wrong. (laughs) He puts them in when they become green. They each have a different shape. Yeah. But that's not important. I'm sure it was. It's somewhere on the cutting room floor. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I just kept going, okay, dude, write down the shape. You're going to need this later. But clearly not. Clearly he's completely unimportant in the final cut anyway. Yeah. He gets through with two minutes to go. He sits down and talks via video camera to Kristen and basically just tells her what a horrible person she is. How dare you brought us in. You've killed everyone. Which I think she's feeling guilty about watching the whole time. Comes down to the final seconds. They have a choice. Save the other person or save myself. Yeah, it's the prisoner's dilemma all over again. Is it, though? Because that's what I wrote down, but it's not really. I think if they both say save each other, then they both live, though, isn't it? Ah, yes, possibly. Yeah, if they do the right thing, if they do like the morally correct thing, then they both will survive, and that's why. But I think it doesn't really matter, right? So if they both say save myself, they both die. Yep. If they both say save... The other person. The other person, but... It's, I don't think it really matters what the other person chooses. If you say save the other person, you are going to escape. This isn't a proper prisoner's dilemma because you have to agree to push the same button. And they don't even talk about what button they're going to push. They don't even talk about, hey, I've got a button. They just push. She pushes to save him. He pushes to save himself. He dies. She escapes to go make a phone call, which pseudo Jigsaw hacks into via a rotary phone. <laughs> I think I wrote that down as well. Like, what was that? <laughs> the, uh, the amazing technology of the 1950s. Yeah. And we're treated to <laughs> their teaser for the sequel in which Hadley walks into her sexy party. And obviously through his video cameras, we're seeing that. So that party must be an escape room as well. I'd watch it. First off, is this a good escape room? Yes. I liked it. There's some parts of it that I don't agree with, but well, compared with the Ski Ulrich one... Okay, but definitely. let's not compare them, but is it a good room? Would you be happy to do this room? On the most part, yeah. For most of the puzzles, I mean, minus the dying. Like, Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think the dying and I also think the ventilation. I don't think you should ever have to try and go through the air ducts in order to find a puzzle. Mm-hmm. At least in a real escape room, that would definitely be a big no-no. You don't want to take apart the room. Yeah, exactly. It would have to be an obvious way where, like, you solve the puzzle and then the grating opened up. Sure. Yeah, like if it was a secret room or something like that, fine. But I do think it's a bit of an issue where people may not be very claustrophobic, but when you make them crawl through a tunnel as they had to, I think that more people would be more worried about that, and that might be an issue. You also have to have thin people to crawl through there. Yeah, I don't think that anyone that does an escape room is going to be claustrophobic though in the first place you know it's like but i think there's a difference between being put into a room where you can walk around for an hour and crawling through some air ducts 
I think that's a little bit different. So some of the puzzles, yes. I think that that's why I like this movie the best out of the three is the fact that they actually took the puzzles and the puzzle rooms seriously. And this multiple room thing, that was new to me. Yeah, I, I didn't have that before. I think that's a clever idea. It requires a lot more extra space. And that's why probably most wouldn't do this because you're basically taking three rooms that could all be running at the same time and turning it into one better room. I would have sucked at the uh, cryptic crossword puzzle, though. I mean, like, did you understand why it was that? Why it was theme song for egotistical notes? Because of the notes, yes, but I'm not sure I would have been able to guess it. I didn't get it. I didn't understand until I actually wrote it down. It's egotistical notes because it's the notes means song. Right. And theme is the me song. Oh, right. Okay. So there you go. Very smart. I would never have got it. (laughs) (laughs) But this is where, in a real escape room, that would probably one that you use a hint for. Yes, for sure, yeah. They might type in something like, what do you get at the beginning of a TV show? Yeah. You know? So I'm I'm okay with that in the fact that that might be the one we have to use the hint for. But this room, there's no hints, so you, yeah, you're, you're kind of on your own. <laughs> yeah, it's too much saw for me, and too much cube. And it. not being fair about it. And not being fair about it, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't like that. And, I don't, I, and Tyler seems to go... Off the rails for no reason. Like, you have guys who are a little bit bossy, but you don't have guys who are suddenly want to express the ultimate in Darwinism. <laughs> well, we got the from Cube, though. He did. <laughs> mm, but this just seemed to come out of nowhere. He went from normal, annoying guy to absolute jerk in zero seconds. Yeah. And I didn't really get it. I think that the purpose of them having the affair is simply so that he would have a motive to question Kristen's validity and saying she's doing that just to get back at them. But his sister and Conrad did nothing. So Mm. that doesn't really work for me. It seems like this is just where they wanted the story to go, but they couldn't figure out how to make it go there. The affair was the one thing that they could use and they hit it too hard and annoyingly. And yeah, that whole aspect... Story-wise, doesn't really work for me. Yeah, because I mean, at least in Saw, it's like it's all about them redeeming themselves. They're all bad characters. But there was no redemption here. There's no, yeah, exactly. It's just, I mean, basically, there's no redemption. Only cruelty was what I thought when I was watching it, and I'm not happy with that. All right. So my last question, which I think you've already answered here, they left the room for a sequel with good reason. You would watch. I would watch it, Mike. Honestly, even out of the next one, spoilers for the next one, but this is the best out of all three, even though it's really low budget acting. You know, it was an escape room. It's a movie called Escape Room, which is about an escape room. So yeah, it was good. Right. And I respect that. I would watch the sequel of this one. I think that they could actually improve upon the whole scenario and actually (laughs) make a story that makes sense next time and maybe have slightly better acting or maybe at least actors that fit their characters better and and can make that work i'd like to see i would like to see the sexy party one (laughs) i think i think that that could be very interesting because there were a ton of people at that party not just six and if it's the type of thing where you walk in and you don't realize you're walking into an escape room and now suddenly you have to escape this is another one of my i love this kind of movie where people get thrown into a situation that they don't know. I mean, we've talked about that when we watched Circle and other movies. This this is definitely my kind of thing. So I would like to see where they were going to go with that. But it's been probably too long to make that one happen. But yeah, 
if they it's only been a couple of years if they want to make another one please do actually i, I would i yeah. would prefer that to the sequel we're going to get for the next one mm. but yeah. let's move on are you ready oh okay do we, have, right. do we have to <laughs> well we promised them at the beginning we would so we are now on to spoiler warning for our last entry this time which is escape room 2019 All right, Adam Robitel, what do you have for us? You have a huge budget. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the budget for this one would be more than the other two combined. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Here's, again, in case you just jumped in and you're going to watch the movie, skip the first five minutes. We're going to talk about why later, but, well, I can talk about it now. We're in the spoiler section. It's basically the ending of the escape room part of the movie, you're giving away so much. Because when you see one character, you can assume most of the others didn't make it. Exactly. And like the entire movie, you're just like, well, he's not going to die. Well, he's not going to die. Well, he's not going to die. And then eventually when it gets whittled down to the him and the other guy, you're like, well, the other guy's going to die. I don't know why they keep doing this. It's like, stop spoiling your own movies. Yeah, it's or, not, or TV fun. shows, Walking Dead. Yeah, Walking Dead, yeah. It's like, it's not fun. Do people actually enjoy that? I don't understand. I don't. I think what the one we just talked about does a much better job of, what Saw did a much better job of, is give us a puzzle, see a kind of end game for a character who's not involved in the main story. That's okay. You're teasing us with what's to come. I can appreciate that. But don't give us the end of the movie now. One reason I think that they might have done this was at this point in the movie, it does get, I imagine if it was actually in the movie, it would feel a bit slow and not quite the flow that they wanted for the story they were trying to tell. Right. Because this is not the important part. Mm. But that comes right at the end. This movie, no, no escape room named production company. This is a Sony Columbia Pictures. So this is a first... Let's talk real quick about this puzzle. Ben, as we're going to know who it is, goes into a cluttered and cozy study. There's a fire. He hobbles to the puzzle. There are 10 numbers and four spots, which he, in particular, this character or this actor always wants to exposition everything. <laughs> and I, annoyingly so, it just feels so unnatural that to me, every time he spoke about the puzzle, or even pretty much any of them, when they were literally talking about what the puzzle is, it just took me completely out of the movie. Okay, all right. <laughs> In a way that the others didn't really seem to. But for some reason, this one, they just seemed to have to explain the puzzle so much that it just didn't work for me. That part didn't work for me. Do you think, though, it's because this movie is a bigger budget and is aimed at people who might not know what escape rooms are or what even puzzles are, and so they're, like, really dumbing it down for... I think Those that guys. because the producers and the production companies behind this would want that, yes. However, I think the other two movies are also for people who have never been to an escape room or know what it is, because in both of them, they seem to feel the need to explain what escape rooms are. Much more so the Billy Flynn one than the Skeet one, right? But this one, yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't know. In 2019, it seems a bit late to have to overtly explain and have, what, five out of your six characters not know what an escape room is. Yeah, let's just skip the opening puzzle, because it's, it's not even important anyway. No. He appears to be crushed. Appears. So, time-wise, three days earlier, 
We see Zoe in class. She's afraid to say the answer, even though she's written it in her notebook. Done. Jason is riding in on a motorcycle. He's a pushy stockbroker. Tells his assistant to watch Karate Kid. Again, with the movie references, man. But I do like this because he's talking about Download Karate Kid. And then Ben's watching Karate Kid as he's working the... So I thought that was a, a good transition, actually. I did kind of like that. We don't know what Ben did, but we know he did something bad. He's got a flask. He wants to be a cashier, but Gary, who runs the grocery, is like, "Ah, it wouldn't be good to put you out front. Like, what, is he a monster? (laughs) I mean, they're in a major city, right? I think so. I just find it hard to believe that, like, the whole neighborhood knows what you did, Ben. Right. (laughs) We can't dare put you out front. I didn't see it that way. I I just thought he was like a socially awkward guy. And so that would be bad for business because he would probably say something stupid or upset one of the customers. Well, and that's very possible because at that very moment he swears. And it seems like he can't not swear. (laughs) I didn't really notice in the other movie, but this guy, yeah, Yeah. is it all time. They all receive puzzle boxes. Jason uses YouTube to try and get it open. Zoe is taking notes as she's opening it, like drawing it intricately. I I like that a lot. Ben is hitting it with a hammer. Of course he is. (laughs) They get a card for a voucher for Minos escape room so they can go in for free. First to escape gets 10,000. Great. I'd be in for that. Well, that would be a mistake. It would be a mistake. (laughs) Yeah. Arrival. Ben smoking. Amanda shows up. Uh, you might rec- this is about the only actor I recognize from the whole movie because she's been in Daredevil and she's been in True Blood. Okay, yeah, I didn't recognize her. I recognize the older guy with the beard. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't recognize him, but I think he's my favorite character in the movie. Yeah. Danny shows up in the elevator with her uh, after she's already had to turn in her ID and her phone. He takes out a phone and she's like, "How how'd you do that?" And he's, "Oh, well, I always bring a second because the waiting rooms can be pretty boring." I I really love that. And Danny is is not much throughout the movie, but this opening bit where he's he's so excited. He's so excited. I love that about him. I love that he's like, I've been to 93 rooms. And Jason's kind of annoyed because he's probably not going to win because Danny's done them all. He's he's listing them off. It's almost a bit much, but I like it. I like this kid is super into escape rooms. This is what he does. <laughs> he just takes it for granted that everyone knows what he's talking about. Like yeah. you're obviously here because you're pros at this. Right. Yeah. Like like I've been to I've been to the obvious ones. This one and this one and this one. And Mike's no, like, everyone's like, what is an escape room? <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> they do a fairly decent job here of trying to see the characters. We know that Zoe's shy already, and that's fine. Jason, just the way he interacts with characters here, I think is good. Mike is just such a downer at this point. He's so brilliant. Oh, yeah, I had a dog called Amanda. She died. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm here because, uh, you know, I drive truck and that's going to be the first thing to be automated. So, uh, you know, I need to have money just in case. (laughs) Oh, man, he's such a... But the thing is, he's such a downer, but he seems such a positive person at the same time. Just such an interesting character. I I really like Mike for some reason. Whenever they go to the secretary, the secretary says, someone will be with you shortly. Amanda picks up a paper, the Chicago Mirror, that here talks about five being burned alive. So again, this is what I referenced in the other one. They all seem to want to say that the escape room is tied to the world in some way. While they're waiting, Ben decides he's going to go out for a smoke. 
He breaks the door handle, and we can see from a close-up that it's an oven dial. Escape room has begun. I do like this concept. You think you're in the escape room, but you're... Or you think you're in the waiting room, but you're actually in the escape room. Yeah. I think that that's good. And Danny gets super excited. Whoa, it started. (laughs) We're here. I like, actually, the fact that in this one, there's really no mention at this point of a time limit. Yeah. But... Time limit becomes important because this one is very saw-like and you have to escape or die. The whole room becomes an oven, which looks cool, but I've got some issues with it. Looks hot, you mean? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It looks visually interesting, <laughs> let's put it that way, but doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. There are a lot of things in this room that I feel like would... They make a big deal two or three times of showing us that the mannequin is smoking. And that seems a little bit too hot to be realistic for what these guys are going through. Right. And they've got heating coils on the ceiling. They've got them in the pillars. They've It's just too much. I feel like they overdid it for aesthetics. Because eventually they've got that giant like jet that's coming down from the roof as well, just burning blue hot flames. The secretary, I do like the fact that the secretary turns out to be a mannequin. Yeah. I think that that looks good. And when they answer the phone, please follow the posted rules. Puzzle solution. The coasters that you have to push down in order to escape. What do you think? I don't actually remember that part. <laughs> all right. Because so all I remember is let, they, let me, they let pick me, up the fire extinguisher and it's like, they just toss it on the ground. It's like, boom, it's made of plastic. Right. But... The pin, when you pull it out, is the key key to get into the secretary thing. So I do like that. But we get into the only posted thing is a tiny thing that says, Dr. Utan Yu says, please use the coasters. Oh, I thought that was like, I thought it was like, didn't they find like, they keep on finding these notes that say, don't break anything in the room. Like you would in a normal escape room, like Mm -hmm. don't tamper with everything, which is obviously is very important for the movie in the end. But I don't remember the co- I don't remember the, the sign for the coasters. Yeah, I don't even remember the coaster puzzle to be honest. So once they remove all the magazines on the coffee table in the middle, there are six coasters which are actual pressure points. They push them down. Right. So some people can escape. Mm-hmm. They have already at this point found a screwdriver, but they didn't know what to do with it. There is this sign that says Doctor Utanyu uh, wants you to please use the coasters. So that's what tells them to use the coasters. They start filling up glasses to weight down the coasters in order to keep the painting open and the way out open. Oh, yeah, I do remember this part now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's not enough water because Amanda drank some. Yeah, and also it's boiling hot. Right, so it would have started evaporating. This is why I don't like this puzzle. It's very unfair to have exactly enough water so that one glass would mean that somebody can't get through while you're sitting there waiting, you might have a glass of water, even if it wasn't boiling hot. Like they did it because it was hot, but you might have drank water even just because you're thirsty and because you're going to be stuck in a room for an hour. I don't agree with that. I also think that there are probably other ways that they could have solved the puzzle. They could have tried weighing it down with the magazines or they could have tried wedging open the door, the painting so that they could get through. But of course, time. Yeah. Time is, though it's not overtly mentioned as you have one hour in every puzzle it becomes an issue and i i'm not sure i like that very much but they escape yay they find themselves in a cabin and one of the worst puzzles in the entire movie (laughs) top of my list right here go ahead what is it melting the ice cube oh no 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 before that before that so they're still in the cabin they have to find keys 
So they find a key, and then there's another one where they have to undo a lock, and it's got letters. And oh, they see yeah, on yeah. the well, above the mantle a stitched, you know, a cross stitched framed work that says, You'll go down in history. And they start naming off presidents. It's just so obvious what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, it's going to be something historical. Yeah. Put in Washington, whatever. It's like, What are you talking about? It's a, it's a Christmas song. Like, it would be the first thing that everybody would think of. I can't but, imagine. And then we got to wait but for... Yeah, we've got to have a flashback. Now. We have to have Ben's flashback to find out that's what they were listening to when he crashed the car, when he was drunk. I don't like it. I don't like this whole, we need a backstory for everybody, especially when a lot of them, like this one, Rudolph, it's Rudolph. Yeah, I know. I've been waiting for five minutes for somebody to say that. And this is a problem with puzzle movies. In a game, I've solved it, I've moved on. But in a movie, you have to wait for the characters to realize it. If it's a clever puzzle... You can kind of understand if it's a riddle of some kind, you can kind of understand it takes them time. But this was just so obvious that it should have been a, a no five year old could have got it literally. Probably better. Yeah. <laughs> they walk outside. Not one of them thinks to grab a blanket, even though there's snow outside and they get locked out. Yeah. And they've all ditched their jackets because it was roasting in the oven room before. Right. Which seems very unfair to me. It is. Again, it's unfair. So here we are. Cheap shot. There's ice. It looks like they're outside. And when I was watching this the first time in the cinema, I went, what are they doing? Like, are they saying this is magic? <laughs> what are they yeah. But Danny bumps into a screen wall. So we know that it's not literally outside. It's just a refrigerated room yeah. that kicks into high gear when, <laughs> when he does figure that out. They find a number of things. There's a sled that says True North is a lie. They find a fishing rod. One Arctic jacket, like mm, really got a powerful jacket. jacket. And uh, Zoe's going to find the magnet inside of the bear. Again, sticking your hand into another animal's mouth again. That seems to have popped up twice today. Right. And there's the fishing Ma- hole, oh, yeah. which Ben steps in and he gets mad about and is annoying about. Fine. And then they do find, they put the magnet on, they find... The ice cube. You want to talk about that? Yeah, it's like, has no one ever heard of just friction? They have to hug it to death? I'm kind of okay with the hugging. The hugging, it makes more sense than everybody put a hand on it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so, yeah, some body warmth. Like, everyone just lets lie around it or something like that. But, like, put your hands on it. It's dumb. Put the jacket Sit on it would be better. Put the jacket on it and rub it. Like, has no one heard of friction? Like, that's the way to go. Like, just cover it up and then rub it. Get some sticks off the trees and and rub it. Like, you don't have to use your hand. (laughs) I think they were getting onto something when they asked for the lighter. But as soon as they have the lighter and he tosses it to Danny. He gets taken away from them, yeah. The ice just explodes below him. Yeah. And (laughs) who was it? Jason, I think, said, oh, no, you've there's a current under there. He won't be in the same place. Why is there a current there? We know this is we know this is not outside the water in the fishing hole does not appear to be moving i don't think there is a current no there definitely isn't there can't be just seemed a lame excuse to get rid of danny who might have been a help later on but yeah as soon as as soon as i saw that part i was like oh it's the that episode from doctor who where the the whole place is just exploding though i'll i'll be an hour on that if we start talking about that one (laughs) 
But it's exactly the same thing. It's like yeah. we've got these charges placed everywhere, obviously, so that, oh, if he throws it over here, we've got, you know, charges 7, 8, 9, and 10 will detonate. But he throws it over here, so it's like charges 16 through 20 detonate. <sighs> All right. Right. They get the key. They turn the key in the lock. And... They have to run across the ice as it explodes. Yes. As all the charges go off now. Yep. To get through this tiny door on the other side. And this room... You like this room, though. Yes. This is the uh, upside down room, yeah? Yes. Yeah, this was the best room out of the whole thing, to be honest. I don't really like this room, but I'm going to get into why after you say why you like it. Visually, it looks great. I won't deny that. It is an. It is good, though I would rather they stopped... They do this a few times where they flip the camera 180 degrees so we get the disorientation of feeling, are we upside down, are we right side up? Mm. I would rather... They do that once is fine. You've given us what's going on. Don't keep doing it. Right. Yeah, I I mean, I like that because it was like something that they could do with a camera that was not boring otherwise because everything else is just like straightforward. Here's another shot of this room, but they could play around with this room. And I like that. And it is supposed to be disorienting. And so if you were in that room, they're trying to, I think they're trying to give you that feeling by watching it, you know? So it's like... Yeah, but I don't think that I would get that as much because I've been in like haunted houses where the room is upside down and I get it, but it's not disorienting for long. You very quickly become aware of, well, the floor is the ceiling and the ceiling is the floor and you mm. done. Yeah. You know, I totally thought that, that that fan was going to come on though and chop everybody up. It was on at one point; it was spinning, but yeah, it didn't uh, didn't chop anybody. Yeah, they kind of uh, was no because they came up with a much worse thing where it's in an elevator and the whole room goes to the top and the floor that looks like the ceiling starts disappearing. Yeah, but no, I was like that spinning blade thing from Half Life Two. I thought that was going to be chopping everyone into little pieces. Problem though is that. If you're not very athletic, you're screwed in this room. Even if you are, apparently, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. And that phone cable is pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's hanging by that phone cable. Like, I'm surprised it doesn't... As soon as she jumps onto it, I'm surprised it just doesn't go ping and she flies away. But In she, real life, it would. She gets like a good 10 seconds on that thing before it breaks. But yeah, they were doing a weird thing where they were trying to hold out the pool cue, but in a way that looked like they were all just going to die, which is what I think... I do think this. I think that they thought that ahead. And I want to believe this anyway, that her character realized that she would be more harm than good. And so she sacrificed herself. I mean, she, she was did a say goodbye. And yeah. stuff, and yeah, it's, she did basically do the whole room for them. But yeah, that pulling up Pookie, I was like, do you even physics, bro, man? <laughs> that's, that's not going to work. That's at best, at best, one person is going to die. So yeah, the thing though that gets me about this and all these kinds of movies, all of them, from Saw to Cube to the ones we've talked about in this, I hate this predictability of one room equals one death. Ah, okay. Yeah. I really wish we could get over that. I mean, I understand you got to do something to keep it spicy, but it's so predictable. As soon as you, okay, how's the next person going to die? I don't think Cube is that way, though. I would give Cube a pass. You go through many rooms where I mean, well, they don't maybe die. Not cube. I mean, maybe cube. And, and there's also the fact that there's only a tiny little hatch for every yeah. room. So I mean, more Cube cube Zero or... Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. The sequels. Some yeah. of the other sequels. Maybe not... Yeah, Cube gets a pass. But Saw, the escape rooms we've already talked about, it's all like, okay, we're in a new room. How are they going to die? I'd like to see something that was a little bit less predictable. Yeah, that's all, that's all I've got to say about this room. It, 
Visually nice. I like the idea of like the slide square, even though I hate slide square puzzles but in general. This is where my problem comes in, and I need to talk about this. <laughs> okay. How do we know that's the solution? I thought it was going to be like one of those pipe games where you had to like... See, that would have made sense. The problem I have is that what they end up with is a yellow line, a black circle, and a blue line, and a whole lot of other random album covers. But you could have figured that out without ever sliding it together. And it doesn't really form an overall picture. No. If there was some sort of picture over top of that to help you know where all the pieces are supposed to go. But we have no idea that this is what the puzzle is actually supposed to be. It's very abstract. In many ways, you could probably move it around and have something different. The very least of which is put them in the other order. You could have had the blue one in the top left and the yellow in the bottom right. The opposite. It would seem to me anyway. Maybe I'm not looking at this correctly, but... Yeah, I don't know either. I don't understand that. You have a four-digit code, which I'm okay with. It matches with the pool balls. I get that. Yes, that's fine. That's fine. And the whole, maybe we're looking at the numbers upside down, flip it over, I'm okay with that. But how do we know we have the numbers in the right order? That bothers me, and I don't think that that quite works. I think that the visuals on the album, it's a good concept but it needs to be done better because it's not a definite answer. Absolutely. I thought the same thing. Like, for, I mean, for those kinds of puzzles, you need a template or, or you need something to work with. That's the whole point of those puzzles is that you, you have to match them up to something else. And that's part. Or, or the picture itself is so obvious that it has to go one particular way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. Did you ever watch The Crystal Maze? Never see, I don't know if that's too British. I don't know if it ever made it. No, I don't across. even... Is it a game show? What is it's it? a game show. It's got the guy, um, what's his name? The guy from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Tim Curry. No, the other guy, the narrator guy, like the Igor guy. I can't remember his name. The bald guy. You know who I'm talking about, yeah? He he used to run this game show thing called the Crystal Maze. And it was like, they had these puzzles. They, they had like four different kinds of puzzles or something like that. And one of them was, you could choose them before you went in. And then they basically put you in a room and locked the door. And you had like one or two minutes to solve it. Some of them were like, yeah, just like regular puzzle solving. And one of them was always like physical, where it's like a physical task that you had to complete. And that that's the one thing that I dislike about this room is it's a, it's a physical task. Not everyone could do that. Some people might as well just jump off the side of that, that room immediately. Like, I'm out. Bye. But I think what we're going to get next is the triage room where the characters realize that all of these puzzles have been handcrafted for them, which I have a real problem with. But I think that that's part of why they could almost get away with, we have physically capable people who could make it. Mm -hmm. And in theory, you don't have to climb across. You need one person who can climb across. But yeah, they didn't really give a good way for climbing across. And of course, the ball falls out of her pocket and that's why she has to die. Right. She could have survived, but movie problem. We have to have an obstacle here. And so she dies. So triage room, though. This is where they are looking at medical rooms they've all had to basically stay in after Zoe's plane crash and she lost her mother. Mike was in a mining accident, which I don't remember him mentioning mining before, but that must have been before he was a truck driver. Mm. Where And his is probably, I don't know, it just feels the most original and the most kind of surprising. They overstated that Ben is an alcoholic and needs alcohol, right? Zoe's plane thing they've hinted at about five times at this point in the movie but this mike one came out of nowhere where oh you know i had to listen to my brother breathe his last breath 
I'm like, wow, <laughs> all right, all right. Jason says that this is the room where he had, you know, stayed after suffering hypothermia, and we get sort of his backstory. And then they start to realize, oh, well, here's Amanda's thing. This is what she went through. And here's Danny's thing. Oh, we're all soul survivors, which was somewhat okay. At least they had a connection. At least they had a sort of reason for the backstory as proving that they know these people very well. Every one of them went, this is the room exactly. Like they could yeah, yeah, see what it was like. I appreciated that one. But this is where the movie goes even more off the rails. This is just a horrible part of the movie for me, man. <laughs> they watched this fake commercial. At the end of it, they realize they've got five minutes to go. Zoe goes nuts. She starts smashing all the cameras because they've been watching, which is okay. I'm okay with that. But it does seem like out of nowhere for her and for her character. But I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? Like from her her university lecture in the beginning, like that's the whole reason she's this, this quantum physicist is it's the whole Schrodinger's cat thing, isn't it? So it's like, if they can't see us, then we change the state of the game. So her way to escape is spot on for me. It's like, I get that. So she smashes the cameras because then they can't see her. Good. That's fine. Yeah, but she suddenly becomes a very angry character. I would be pretty pissed off by this point as well, you know? <laughs> I guess so. But, <laughs> I, but came I'm here, saying it, I came here for a bit of fun and you're murdering everyone. It just transitioned very quickly. Yeah. It was like Amanda's death was a thing that all of a sudden made her a different character. And it just feels too quick for me from the story standpoint. But let's ignore that. She's smashing the camera, not helping the others. There's x-rays and they put them on to the light and they're looking at them. And <laughs> this is one of the worst parts of the movie. Where Ben Exposition says, oh, no, no, they're not numbers. It's EKG. My cousin's deaf. They must have known that. Well, Ben doesn't seem like the type of guy who would bother, even though his cousin is deaf, to really learn sign language. No, he does not. (laughs) He'd he'd be the type of guy to go, yeah, write it down. I'll write it down, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they they must have known that as well. Oh, well, clearly you needed that to be here. Then they find an EKG machine, which Jason is very convinced they have to... I mean, it's, he keeps saying test your limit, so he thinks that it has to be the fastest heartbeat or something. Which makes sense for his character, I guess, because he's all this high-octane stock-trading garbage. And so he volunteers someone else to do it. <laughs> two. Two. He tries to get Ben to do it, and then he's... It's like, nope. <laughs> shocking Mike and kills him. And then, oh, Oops. Then meditates and lowers his heartbeat enough. And he says maybe it has to be both high and low. So I guess in his mind, they had to get the highest one possible plus the lowest one. But I, I don't think so. But is even the lowest the right answer? I, I just don't understand. Well, I mean, it is puzzle. the end, isn't it? I mean, that's what unlocks the door for them. I guess. So I guess that's the answer. But like killing Mike for that, it's like, here's what I think the, the solution to the problem is. He basically defibrillates the guy to death. Oh, so maybe, oh, maybe it's the opposite. I have to slow, slow my heartbeat down. That's testing my limits of my patience or my... I don't know. I just don't really like my, this puzzle. I my feel cool like this under pressure work. kind yeah. of thing. It was terrible. And they killed the best character in the whole thing for nothing. Well, they had to because pretty much the good guys don't survive in these. So they move on. Those two. Zoe still stays to smash cameras. Yep. And they go into the trippy static room. Which I put here is like the trippy room is cheating. <laughs> but it's fun. <laughs> I will say this. Watching it in the cinema... This room was way more powerful 
in the cinema than it is at home on my computer. Right. I don't really like it when they start really actually tripping out. I felt like the room was trippy looking enough. Mm. But they open this hatch and on the handle of the hatch is some sort of chemical that makes them hallucinate. And I don't really like typically hallucinations in movies. They try to make us feel the same thing and it doesn't quite work. Well, just not in this case for sure. It just becomes very distorted. They're laughing. They're kind of not making any sense. They are looking for an antidote because the clue tells them to. Ben hits a wall and just finds the antidote. So there's no puzzle here, really. And I guess he only gets one, but because there's a mirror in the drawer, it looks like there's two or three. And so I kept thinking the first time I watched it, well, take both of them. But watching it a second time where I can actually rewind it and watch again, I don't think that there is more than one. But do you need the whole one? Mm, I suppose so. But this assumes there's only going to be two people left. Yes. Or that only one person can go on from here. It seems a terrible puzzle if you got six people to come through here and only one can survive in this room all of a sudden. That doesn't seem like a good setup. But that's the theme, isn't it? The sole survivor, you know? Mm. So, I mean, out of a plane crash of 200 people, you're the one that survives. So, out of a room of six, no big deal for the odds there. Right. So, now we get to the study room on repeat. Ben is there. Don't really repeat everything, though, which I do think is at least a slightly good choice. You've already shown it to us. Don't show it us again. Yes, yes. In particular, because it doesn't really matter. He just uses a shield to hide in the fireplace and luckily escapes with <laughs> A broken leg. Well, I guess just one broken leg, but we saw his leg get crushed, and we also know that Jason did something terrible to his leg because he was limping around. Yeah. But I think this is where I'm kind of thinking they might have thrown this at the beginning because it would slow the pacing down here because we actually have two storylines going on here. Because in my notes, I go, okay, he escaped. Movie ends. But this is not where the movie ends. There's a whole extra part which just drags on. So Zoe has used the oxygen mask to not die. I don't know how that worked, though, because when we saw her, she was on the ground and then they came in to clean up and said it'll take 20 minutes to clean up. And she said she used it to survive. But how did she get back on the ground again? Because they're still wearing masks and things Mm -hmm. as though it's not safe yet. So how long has she been holding her breath waiting for them to come in? And is it clean? I don't know. This part just feels very awkward to me. And the fact that she was on the ground already. She's saying that she must have been hopping up, taking breath, and then lying back down. This is the only way I can think that she's made it through this. Because you don't get to see it. That's the whole point of that as as well. You don't get to see it. So how has she survived? I don't know. I know why she did it. I know. I, I get it. That part's all logical. But the actual practical, how did she make that work? Like, imagining that in-between part doesn't work for me. Yeah. But she needs to survive because she needs to save Ben from the Game Master. (laughs) Would you give the prize money to the horse that wins the Kentucky Derby? (laughs) Yes, that was the quote, yeah. So, no, you're dead. There are powerful people behind this. All right, and so they, they kill him, and he's dead. There was a good part where they've got the gun. And she's like, oh, make sure to end. Ben's like, not. He double taps. And yeah, not yeah, yeah. That is great. I do like that. But the whole, that whole part where this game master guy, like, puts the garrote around his neck and then physically lifts him up off of the ground like Darth Vader. I was just like, what? What is going on here? Is he Superman? Like, you can't just... And he's not a big guy. 
You know, he's not like this big beefy guy. He's just this Norwegian dude <laughs> or whatever. He's just some Scandinavian guy. Uh, is he Scandinavian or something? It's, I don't know, but some European guy, skinny little Darth Vader, powerful guy. I don't know. That whole part was dumb. And I, I hated it because, again, it's unfair. And it's like, yeah, you have to die. It's not even like they're doing it for science anymore. It's just that now it's just cruelty. Right. So movie cuts to six months later. Uh, well, before that, I guess we need to talk about the fact that she talks to detectives. They take her to the place. She realizes no way out is the anagram for Utan Yu. So Dr. Dr. No Way Out, apparently. Yeah. Which I don't like. How clever. <laughs> they say, oh, well, we didn't find anything. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I guess they've searched it before. I don't know. But six months later, they meet up. Ben's got his life together. He shaved. He's working for some vegan dog food company. Zoe finds, well, she brings this binder saying that she's found all the stories. Jason got into a motorcycle accident and he had been on drugs. Amanda fell climbing because, of course, she did, you know, climbing alone <laughs> somewhere. There are all these coincidental deaths to match up with what happened in the game. We see a flight crashing and this puzzle being solved, but it turns out to just be prep for what we'll assume is the sequel, which there is going to be one. As we were recording this, even on IMDb, it says it's set to come out in 2020, but there's no real description yet. So let's start with first, is it a good escape room? No, no, definitely not. How can you have a good escape room that's designed to make you fail? Exactly. Yeah, it's unfair. We learn about Jason's character, but he doesn't learn anything from it. Like if you're going to have these real repercussions, story-wise, there's just nothing for them. Amanda was a soldier and she sacrificed herself, but it's not like she ran away cowardly before and this is her redemption. There's no redemption for any of these characters. Exactly. That's the whole thing is there is no redemption. There's nothing behind it. It's just cruelty for the sake of being cruel, fighting for your life when actually there's no point. They should all just kill themselves immediately. Obviously, they, they don't know that, but they'd have a better chance at living than <laughs> that doesn't make any sense they'd have a better chance at living by killing themselves but i mean at least they could go out in their own terms you know that, that that would be the more dignified way rather than serve the purpose of some rich people that are, enjoy watching videodrome rather than give them what they want just be like no screw you i'm out of here i don't even really appreciate the puzzles in this game on the whole no jesus are there any that are good not really yeah to be honest, the, the fire extinguisher with the pin as the key was pretty smart. And the coasters that need to be weighed down is fine, but not if you've limited the amount of water that exactly. they have to play with. Yeah. And the whole thing that shouldn't be, that definitely shouldn't be the first room. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole <laughs> thing definitely stacked against them is, is unfair. And that whole virtual reality thing with the, they're simulating the flight and they've actually built the plane. If you're going to do a VR thing, just wear some goggles. You don't actually have to build the plane. But yeah, when I saw that, I was like, that is a cheap garbage ending when they just, oh, let's play it again. Like, oh, they had these themes. Like, this year it was Lone Survivors. The last year it was, what was it? Athletes or something. Yeah, athletes. So my question, does it deserve the sequel that it's going to get? No, and it doesn't. And it doesn't deserve me to watch it, but I'm probably going to have to. Yeah. I suspect we're going to come back to this theme in the future because there are just so many other escape room type movies that involve puzzles. And it's definitely something that puzzles are definitely something we enjoy talking about thus this podcast, but they're often poorly done in movies. And I, I like this format of doing a few at a time that don't 
necessarily warrant a full episode. And I think that there are enough out there and hopefully people who are listening who will give us some suggestions as to some good ones to watch. I've got some, but most of them, I I don't think there's any one of them like this that's without some major faults. Yeah, I mean, anyone can write a garbage plot and then hide a man behind the curtain, you know? Like, ooh, the shadow man is controlling it all. We got that in The Wizard of Oz, you know? We got that 100 years ago. Let's move on from that. Enough with the Saw stuff. What I'd like to see in one of these types of movies, I want to see the end user. Or like this shadowy figures that are consuming this kind of media. Like, let's see that end. Like, make a movie, actually think for a change and make a movie work about that side of it like the shady dark side of it and what's going on and make a movie out of that not this predictable man behind the curtain one room one death odds stacked against you everyone has to have a backstory and a plot and something that stitches them together we've seen it so many times it's so boring now man it's so dull let's do something different and we're not going to get it too very unlikely i would say but i'm probably going to watch it but if you want to watch a good escape room watch Go on YouTube and watch the Geek and Sundry show that's called Escape, which has actors from TV shows and stuff. Basically, they get maybe four to six people. They build these escape rooms uh, from scratch, and then they put these guys in to solve an escape room. It's it's a 30-minute show. There's only about six episodes of it. It got cancelled, probably because it was too expensive because they were building all these rooms. But that's great. You know, it's got the some people from The Walking Dead are on it. Some people, it's got the guy who voices Dipper from uh, Gravity Falls. He's in the first episode of it. And he's like a massive puzzle freak. He's all over it. It's really, it's a fun show. It's great. And it, it does exactly what it says on the tin. So you're saying watch that instead of Escape Room 2? A 30 minute show, six shows. What's that? Two and a half hours? No, three and a half hours. Six shows, 30 minutes? Three hours. Yes. I got there eventually. This is why I don't do the maths problems, Justin. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. We could have watched that and had a much better time. In fact, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should watch all the, those escape shows and then talk about those because that's infinitely better than all this garbage we slammed together today. Maybe. <laughs> Although, Days of Our Lives, that gets my, my seal. If you're going to watch any of these, that's the one that you need to watch. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? Like, no, I kept trying to give you an, an out to end it. And All right, you've okay. not done it yet. So, <laughs> do you have something else? Because I got so much every, to say. Every time I'm trying to end it, <laughs> is, you that you, have something is, else. That, is that what you give me that look for? Like, okay, then, start wrapping it up. It's, uh, um, yeah, give us a good escape room. Gaps filled or more gaps created. <laughs> What's the total time on that? Next time. Today. We're going to be discussing a puzzle game called The Room 3. That's the best introduction we've given to a game so far, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And I just can't get this itch of the null out of my mind. Quote, I am marked. (laughs) It's just all the time in this one. So I started to come up with a shorthand where I just call lens enter. Right. (laughs) So anytime in my notes where I had to go into something, I just call lens enter. And what I said was, I am incredibly intrigued. Like I found an empty drawer and in any other game that would have annoyed the heck out of me. But Hmm. in this one, I just became even more intrigued because this game does not have any excess items. I was spent ages stuck on that part it's like yeah and now here you are like how do i what is that yeah maybe maybe fireproof is messing with us 
All this and more on the next episode of Filling in the Gaps.